hope that it's one of your favorites. Here he is, ladies and gentlemen, Miss Joe Stafford. Joe Stafford. Matthews goes up again and makes a huge catch. Oh, look at Chris Mann. Hey, hey, MVP. What's my dog Stafford looking like out there, man? Stafford, he he definitely got a swag about him. Downfield as Matthews reaches out, makes the catch. Oh, we got caught. It is Matthews for a touchdown. Chris Matthews, we're watching a star be born. That guy right now is your MVP. What up, Joe? It's Willie McGinnis, three-time Super Bowl champion with the New England Patriots. And I know about the Stafford and Matthews podcast and how hard you grind and work and... You're seeing the fruits of your labor. And welcome back to a special COVID edition of Stafford and Matthews. As always, your host, Joe Stafford, and former Seahawks and Raven, Chris Matthews. Yeah. We both have COVID. Actually, all three of us have COVID. Kevin, we'll talk about Kevin in a minute. But Chris, how are you feeling, buddy, first of all? Man, I mean, I'm I'm so I, I've been so out of it. It's crazy. I don't think I've ever felt um, not like myself in a while. Even 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 with just normal flu season or just having the sniffles, I've never felt like this before outside. Uh, you know, in my body, and it's you know, it's it's weird, but. Uh, you know, just getting through it. It's it's like almost like a fever dream. That's how I described it to all my <laughs> yeah. friends. Like you're kind of just sitting there and you're like, wow, like this doesn't really feel like real life right now. Like it's, like, just, seriously. it's a weird, like you're kind of just there and life's yeah. happening around you uh, for a few days. Thankfully I'm over it. Um, I'm feeling good. Uh, I really don't have any other symptoms. I'm not contagious anymore. Mm. Um, but yeah, it, it was kind of tough. That first day, a pounding headache um fever chills aches pains nausea like everything that you hear about for symptoms i had and it was not a good feeling i'll tell you that um did it was it uh did it did it come in a rush all in one or did it yeah, like, so, so the funny thing is like so we all so we figured out the super spreader but we had a super spreader it was christmas day at my grandmother's mm-hmm. house and my mom's side's pretty big we about 40 people come for christmas um mm-hmm. on christmas day and my, and my nan is like one flat apartment Mm -hmm. um and so from that i think there was about 12 to 15 positives um Mm. which was just nuts when you think about it so um that was christmas was sunday right so i think around tuesday saturday Saturday, so i guess it was monday i went to the pats game that sunday that Mm -hmm. monday i kind of like the sniffles nothing crazy went to go see my girlfriend i came back and that night i started feeling like kind of weird not bad just kind of weird i hopped in bed and as soon as I hopped in bed, I started to un- uncontrollably shake and I was freezing and it was cold mm-hmm. and it just happened like that, that, like so, so quickly. And so I grabbed a bunch of clothes, put on um, jogger, socks, shirt, hoodie, um, tucked everything in. So it was all in like one piece and mm-hmm. I didn't stop shaking all night, didn't sleep a wink. And I woke up with this pounding headache. It was horrible. That first day, just horrific symptoms. But after that, it was like a head cold, like it was fine um and it just got me thinking like wow we stopped the world for this and like i don't want to get into political and everything like but it was just a head cold that's really all i had i don't know about you but that's pretty much the extent of my symptoms 
Yeah, no, I, that's literally how it happened for me, too. I went to uh, my girlfriend's family's house. Uh, come to find out her father had COVID. Uh, and she told me right before we walked in the house, like no, no warning before we got on the freeway. Nothing. It was just right when we got to the house. Oh, I think my dad has COVID, but he's going to stay away. And I'm like, what? Like, I would have never, I would have never showed up to right but it never showed up to this but um yeah so i ended up um i want to say monday i think it was the same for me monday i started feeling a little off and i'm you know i'm just thinking because it's cold you know and i'm walking around here still california i'm walking around here with a sweater on but i have shorts on you know (laughs) and flip-flops right so I'm, you know, I'm just thinking it's just a little cold, whatever. And then like you, like much like how you said it, it started rushing in like one after another day by day. It was a fever. Then it was a headache. Then it was chills. And then I ended up with diarrhea. And I'm like, what Jesus the hell? Christ. Like, what is going on? And so, I, you know, when I got tested and I tested positive, I was so furious like i went this whole time without having the vaccine without catching uh, without uh catching covid and now the day uh now christmas is the day that i catch covid like i got more than one gift (laughs) for that day for sure yeah it was just it's so weird how everything happens with that it just hits you so quickly um, but the way it hit me, I think I had Omicron or whatever, not that it matters, but I think I had the other, the new variant because mm-hmm. it, I was over it within like three days, like yeah. after the third or fourth day, I was just done. Like I was fine. And mm-hmm. I'm going, I'm going to Tampa tomorrow. Uh, I'm actually mm-hmm. flying down to Tampa tomorrow with my girlfriend. We're going to go uh, take a trip down to visit my cousin Shane and, uh, okay. have some fun down there. And the good thing is I've already been through COVID now. So I don't have to worry about anything. I can go club and right. I can have some drinks places. I can go right. to the beach. No worries at all. It'd be great. Are you vaccinated? Yeah, no, I am vaccinated. Okay, yeah, yeah, you're good. Yeah, I've I've had my boost or anything, but obviously now I don't need it because I already have natural immunity because I've already had it. So exactly, uh, exactly. I'm chilling, so I'm fine for now. But all right, anyway, this is a football podcast, right? This isn't a COVID <laughs> podcast. Like I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure everybody's worried about this in the football world too. Yeah, no, hey, fair enough, fair enough. Well, you're not getting away with this this easy. We're starting the show off with Antonio Brown talk, and we need to talk about this because. Chris, you've been defending this guy for months and months and months. Actually, it's closer to years now. This is our second year. So this is probably closer to years where I've been saying this guy is nuts. He's going to end up in jail. He needs mental rehabilitation. Like he's dealing with a lot of baggage and you've been defending him. Granted, he is one of the best football talents in the world. Like he's an unbelievable athlete, unbelievable natural receiver, great hands, route running the whole nine yards. One of the best receivers of the 2010 era. Give you that but he's completely off his fucking rocker now. And I think we can all agree about this now on Sunday day, one o'clock football, the Tampa Buccaneers are actually losing at this point to the New York jets. It's third down. And out of the corner, I see somebody enter the end zone. It's Antonio Brown shirtless. And he runs into the, runs into the tunnel. You don't see him again. You see all these sideline videos of him stripping off all of his stuff, tossing it into the crowd and leaving 
there's been multiple reports of what happened from he was hurt and they tried to force him to go back in the game um, and all these different stories don't really add up to what actually happened. I have my theory about what actually happened, but first I need your actual reaction. What the fuck just happened on Sunday's biggest stage? What happened to Antonio Brown? Uh, okay. Uh, I've been, honestly, I've been thinking about this ever since it happened, much like everybody else who's uh, in the social media light and has to speak on this as far as sports. And there's one thing that I've noticed that I want to say the higher ups has put on display for you know, this situation. And that is they have brought out every, every celebrity that has played uh, football at its highest level, either as one of his teammates or who's just in that elite level to speak on this situation. <clears throat> and I want to make sure that I'm being uh, conscious and careful with what I'm saying, because it's a lot of people and I res and I respect a lot of the people that has spoken up about this situation. But here's my thing. I don't necessarily, uh, I, I don't even wanna say necessarily. I don't agree with the actions that he has displayed uh, on the football field, uh, your teammate, you're on the team, uh, and you're on an and it's an away game. So you're doing this in front of a whole nother crowd. You're down. You're trying to get back into it. You're causing a distraction to your to your team. All of that, I don't agree with at all. Uh, it should have, you know, if he was going to do something, it should have been after the game, right? Because once you pass, once you cross those lines, I was always told once you cross these four lines onto this football field, all the distractions and and on the field, off the field goes away because now you're on this field for the for your team. You know, the guy that's sitting next to you who actually probably looks up to you or who admires what you do because they're in the same because you're in the same field of greatness. Uh, these are things that you have to keep in mind when you're stepping onto this football field. But let me also say this, and I and I and Joe, you can attest to this as well because I've been saying this for a long time. As a football player, especially at the highest level. You need some kind of, you need, you need, something has to be off with you just a little bit, like just a little bit. It could be a lot. It could be a little, but all you need is just a little, just to be a successful football player. And that's what scares me about football in, in entirety. Because if you think about this, I've said this before, we have had, we have hall of famers who have killed people who has, done crazy things that a normal a normal bystander in this world who doesn't who doesn't play sports who just works a regular nine to five job lives his life with his family and whatnot and whatnot had it done anything like this uh i mean anything crazy 
in the eye of the of the public they would have been sold up the river they would have been in jail somewhere or in some rehab station way off in in the middle of the ocean but the fact that you're playing a sport football and your talent is so immense that they allow you to get away with murder and you're rewarded for it if and only if you make things right within the football world if you if you sit up there and something happens and you turn around and be like you know this is you know i I made the i made the team look bad i made the league look bad and i'm going to do everything possible to rectify the situation and do don't you know have don't let me uh, do donations and and charity work and all of this stuff and then they'll let you right back in like nothing has ever happened you know maybe you might get a hit here and there but ultimately especially if you're if you have the same level of talent as antonio brown they're going to sweep it right under the rug and allow you to continue playing a game that they are making money off of and everything is going to be good. The reason why I say this is because they allowed this to happen. They allowed all of this to happen. Everything that Antonio Brown has done up to this point, they have allowed it to happen from Pittsburgh, from uh, the, the Raiders to New England to Tampa. And even still to this day, he is not released. He's still on the team. When it all stemmed from the Steelers, they allowed him to get to this point to where he thinks that he is above the law. I mean, not even above the law. I'm not even going to say that. But he feels like he can do whatever he wants and not have any repercussion over it. And everything will be fine. If you think about the Steelers back in the day, you had some off people in the steel, I mean, I mean, for the Steelers back in the day, uh, when things were when you had the hammer and you had uh, Jerome Bettis and you had a, a, it's, it's a slew of people that I can name that has had a mental breakdown either in the media or on the sidelines and something just wasn't right and then they spoke on it and then everything was cleared out and they let and they allowed them to continue on with their life. You have said that Ben Roethlisberger is a piece of shit for the longest. And I always and I always sit up there and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. But Joe, it, you said it, that he is a piece of shit. There's a lot of stuff that he's done. And then look at it now. This guy just played his last game. He played an okay game. To be honest with you, he played an okay game, but he won. He is a legend and he has done plenty of things. Uh, for the Steelers where it warrants him to be a Hall of Famer at one point in time in his life. Do you agree? I feel like that's a safe that's a safe assumption, right? Well, I mean, again, being a Hall of Fame player in terms of actual ability is different than a person who should be in jail. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's a separation of things. Michael Vick's a Hall of Fame talent. Is Michael Vick a Hall of Fame football player? Yeah, in my mind, doesn't discredit the things he he's done off the field. You know what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. So that that's where I think it lines a difference. But in terms of playing career, yeah, Ben will probably get in the Hall of Fame. Right. So with that, 
they've been dealing with it for the longest. Ben Roethlisberger was there before Antonio Brown, and he was doing great before Antonio Brown. They allow certain things that whatever he's done on off the field um, to base, essentially be swept under the rug and allowed him to continue on with his career. Now comes forth Antonio Brown. You give these you give these dudes. These dudes can be mentally ill. They could be mentally ill. That life could just be different for them. They could see life t- completely different, and none of them cares. Um, uh, none of them cares about it as long as you're going out there and you're playing to the best of your abilities and you're making things happen and you're allowing your team to win. They don't care. And then you turn around and you give these dudes millions of dollars, millions of dollars to change people's lives. And you think that just because they got some money that they're whole, like, like, like they're just going to change. No, it's going to amplify whatever lifestyle that they have already lived throughout their time. Like these are adults. This isn't kids that you're catching when they're 13 and 14 years old and you give a million dollars and then you show them how to act with a million dollars. These are grown men who are already set in their ways that are like, okay, now that I got a million dollars, I can do X, Y, and Z and allow the, I mean, and, and keep it pushing. And then they go through certain situations and they see like, oh, damn, I did that. And I felt like that was bad, but they allowed me to get through this. And I'm still being able, I'm still the one of the most talked about wide receivers in the league. Like that's where, that's where my problem is. And I want to say for everybody who's been talking about, who's been talking about this situation with Antonio Brown, and I'm speaking about all the, all the elite, people randy moss ryan clark uh um uh, uh I, I keep on forgetting the, the guy's name that 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 spoke with ryan clark all of these guys are first take undisputed all of these uh networks that are spoken up about this guy they're all talking about he's stupid stupidity He's wrong, flat out wrong. I, you'll, you never do nothing like this. And he needs help. I hate when people say that. Like, I hate, I hate when people say, oh, he needs help. Like, the only person, uh, well, there's two people. There's only two people in my mind that I feel like get some grace in this situation after they didn't, after they didn't spoke on TV. To me, it's Tom Brady and Chris Carter. That's it. Those are the only two people that I feel like should have a say. I mean, should be able to say what they want because they actually went out and tried to help this dude. Chris Carter mentioned this uh, uh, mentioned this plenty of times. Every time something goes on with Antonio Brown, he mentions something and he says, "I actually spoke to this guy. I actually sat down and had conversations with these guys. I mean, with this guy, and tried to help him, and still." He still doesn't get it. Tom Brady actually allowed this guy to live in his house. That's still one of the craziest stories you will ever read about. Like Crazy. Tom Brady welcoming a grown man into grown his house man. to basically babysit him, right? That's like pretty much the reason why. Like Tom Brady has kids. What? 
Tom Brady has kids. He has Tom kids. Right? No, has I don't understand that. What I'm, no, no, I'm saying babysit Antonio Brown. That's, no, yeah, no, that's yeah. the only reason you can think of for why you invite another person, a grown man, into your house when he's had these issues before. He was literally there to be a mentor to Antonio Brown. And honestly, before we get too far away from the actual incident of Antonio Brown on Sunday, how do you do that when Tom Brady's been so good to you? When he's brought you into two different organizations where he's tried to rehab your image, where he's tried to literally reshape you yes, to make you more money. I think it's one of the biggest embarrassments, though, to not only Brown, but to Brady. Like, yeah. to do that to someone who's done so much good for you, that's Absolutely. that's really, really horrible in my view. Absolutely. And 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 that's why I I I actually big I and you know how much of a of, of a Tom Brady fan I am. Oh yeah, you're huge. You don't fan. have to we don't have to talk about it, but huge fan. Huge fan. we know how much of a fan I am of Tom Brady. For him to do that speaks volumes, speaks volumes upon I mean above volumes. And you 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 basically spat in his face, even though he didn't know what was going on because he was actually on the field trying to direct the team because he's the he's the quarterback. Still, it's a spit in his face because it's like, damn, like I did all of this. I uprooted my life, changed, altered my life for you uh, to allow you to come in my house and to see a different life. That's why I don't I don't I don't I don't agree with what he did. But I also don't agree with people trying to bad mouth him and talk about him like, like this is all new. Like this has been happening and we have allowed this to happen just because he can get us 30 points in fantasy or because he can score a couple touchdowns on your football team to help you win. Like that's where that's where I have the problem at where everybody is coming on here on these on these on their on their platforms and basically bad mouthing this guy. Like where were you when the big in the beginning? Like where were right. you when that happened? When right. when things when things were going down at that point in time? It just wasn't that serious because he didn't walk off at that time, or because you know what I'm saying, like uh you everybody didn't have the 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 best platform to speak on something or not i just think it's the, i don't I think there's a difference I think it's just the finality of this situation is a little bit different than even before right where he asked for his release from the raiders you knew he was gonna get picked up when you got cut from the past you knew something was gonna come along from eventually mm-hmm. this is him this is literally his swan song this is him getting up in the middle of a football game stripping mm-hmm. and leaving and ubering home that's mm-hmm. what this is. That the, there's a finality to that. That's a little bit different than any other situation we've seen Antonio Brown deal in, even in the past two years where he's been all over the map. Like this is mm-hmm. it. Like he, I don't like. I'm a firm believer he is not getting picked up for the rest. Of I don't believe that. I don't believe that. Well, who's gonna touch him? Uh, anybody that needs a wide receiver, especially I, a, I, a wide receiver of his caliber. I just we say that every time. We've been saying that every time. When he was with the Steelers, when he was with the Steelers, and he uh, and he went live on Instagram in his locker room while his coach was talking very loosely, he got in trouble. He got disciplined. He still continued to play, and then after he left there, he went somewhere else. He went to the Raiders. John Gruden was speaking very highly of him, very highly of him. 
and that and you know how a lot of people uh and you know that a lot of people thinks highly of john gruden a lot of what john gruden says it goes he had a whole episode he had a whole episode for quarterbacks that was grown i mean that was coming into the league to show to showcase if they were smart enough if they were talented enough to be a leader of a, of the next team and people tuned into that owners tuned into that so he spoke highly of this dude and then turns around and badmouths him because of something that he that Antonio Brown did while he was with the Raiders now i want to say i don't agree with what he did as well anything i am actually let me just let me just say this. I don't agree with none of none of the things that Antonio's done. I mean, Antonio Brown has done a negatively in the league. I don't agree with none of it, but he ended up getting a lifeline from the Patriots. He ends up getting some allegations from after, uh, after he gets signed with the Patriots and he gets released from there. Where else does he go? To Tampa Bay. It's a never ending cycle, Joe. I don't think uh, until he literally can't play the game, I think somebody's gonna pick him up. I mean, it time. I mean, honestly, you're Michael probably Vick, Michael Vick spent three years in prison and turned around and got a, and got a job. No, that's true. That's true. Um, and I think you probably might be right um, because usually you're right where it comes to talent always trumps reputation, especially mm-hmm. in, a, in, a, in a business like the National Football League. They don't care what you do; they care what you produce on the field. Sure. And I think you're right about that in a certain way. I just hope it doesn't happen because there has to be a line. There has to be a line where you say, Hey, this kind of behavior is unacceptable. We're not accepting it no matter how talented you are, because if you allow this kind of thing to continue, it sets a bad precedent for every single young football player out there mm-hmm. that goes into college thinking this is okay. Then goes into the league thinking it's okay. It's being paid millions of dollars to basically misbehave and not do their job. And to- think about it this way. My dad is, is a mechanic at National Grid, right? He, he, he's a building mechanic. He works on uh, various like ticketing stuff in the buildings. He does uh, repair jobs, AV, TV stuff, the, the whole nine, right? He's basically the handyman for the whole building. Mm-hmm. All right. Say it's a Tuesday. It's the Tuesday, right? Random Tuesday. It's 11 o'clock in the morning. He's busy as hell. He has one of the big, busiest days of his, of his career. He has ticket after ticket being printed out, need to do this work order and that work order. Mm-hmm. He just left. Would he get the opportunity to go back to that job the next week? No. No, he wouldn't. So this is where the exception comes in. Then this is where I think it sets a bad precedent, not only for the National Football League in general, but for young men looking at football players because they're now expecting to be the exception where they're allowed to do these things and act outrageously and act inappropriately and behave in a manner that's very unbecoming of someone in the public light, but then get another chance to make millions of dollars doing the exact same thing they were doing. Mm-hmm. Eventually there has to be a line. And if this isn't the line, I don't know what is. What Antonio Brown did was a finality. This yeah. is a line. He literally left in the middle of a football game, just like Monte Davis did. There has to be a line somewhere, and for me, this is the line. I don't want to see Antonio Brown back in the league. That's just me. But we'll, we'll, no, we'll move on, though, because we've been, we've been drawing on this for like a half hour. I'm, I'm with you. I hear you. I hear you. I just, I just want to say, as long as there's money involved and his talent is still immense as the way it is, it's not. he's not going anywhere. No, he might be out of the league for a year, maybe two, 
But like I said, Michael Vick spent three years in prison and came back and was able to get a job. Yeah, so. it's, not, it's not a bad point, Chris. I'll, I'll give you that. All right, let's look to the playoff picture right now. We have to talk about this. It's week 18, the first ever week 18 in NFL history, mm-hmm. which is just weird to say. Even it rolls off the tongue. It's a weird feeling. You're saying it's week 18, the 17 regular game seasons now. That's just odd. A um, couple storylines coming into it before we get into the actual standings. Um, Derek Henry turned to practice today. As of right now, if Tennessee wins this week, they are going into the playoffs as the number one seed, thanks to the Bengals beating the Chiefs, and they'll have the first round bye. That's important specifically to the Titans because Derek Henry returned to practice. Um, expected to return to practice, I'm sorry, tomorrow on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. If they can get Derrick Henry practicing this week, obviously not won't play in the game this week, then has another week a bye to rest up and then plays the lowest remaining seed as soon as they get their number one playmaker back, that gives the Titans maybe the biggest advantage out of anyone that could possibly get the bye because that right. just gives them another opportunity for Derrick Henry to become back as Derrick Henry, not as a shell of Derrick Henry, to come back as the player we know him as, as the player who was top five in rushing up until two weeks ago, even though he only played in eight games. When you have a guy like that, that impactful, when you're hosting every playoff game, when you can control the clock with a guy like Derrick Henry, it -hmm. completely changes the outlook of every single playoff contender. Mm -hmm. If they can get the bye, they might secure a spot in the Super Bowl. And I never thought I'd even say that just because I don't think the Titans even have it this year. Mm-hmm. But when you have them coming off of a bye, everyone's well-rested, and you get Derrick Henry back, it completely changes the way I look at this team. Now, sure. if they lose and the number one seed ends up going to somebody else at the Chiefs, that's where it starts to get unlikely for them to even do anything, to even get out of the divisional round because they have to play next week, and Derrick Henry won't be up to snuff for the way he's supposed to be. Right. That's where I look at it. Another storyline coming in, Cooper Cup has a chance to beat Calvin Johnson's record for most receiving yards in a season. He is 135 yards away. He And the record currently by Calvin Johnson is 1,964 yards receiving. That's the record, and Cooper Cup needs 135 to, to officially break it. Now, um, Cooper Cup actually went out on social media and said, um, he doesn't think it holds the same weight, even if he does beat it, because he does it in 17 games as opposed to 16 games. And I want to yeah. applaud Cooper Cup for saying that because a lot of guys would just take the record and run with it, brag about it for the rest of their career, the rest of their lives, and, and put that in the trophy case and lock it away, right? But to have the balls and the stones to admit fully that it's not the same thing, I applaud him for doing that. A lot of guys, like even doing the 2,000-yard rushing season, don't do that. Derrick Henry said it last year. and um, Adrian Peterson said it the, the time before that. Let's remember that O.J. Simpson did it in 14 games. Mm-hmm. Is it the same thing in 16 games? Obviously, the game's changed in a lot of different ways since O.J. Simpson played and everything like that, but it's also kind of the same argument. So I want to applaud Cooper Cup for that. Now let's look at these standings right now. So as of right now, as of Tuesday, uh, what's today's date? As of Tuesday the 5th, or Wednesday the 5th, I should say. The division leaders are, as goes, NFC. We have the Packers in the first seed, the Rams in the second seed, the Bucks in the third seed, and the Cowboys in the fourth seed for the NFC, with the wild cards being the Cardinals, the 49ers, who have yet to clinch, by the way, Chris. The mm-hmm. 49ers have not clinched the playoff spot yet. And the we, Eagles got, oh, we got one more game. Yeah, one more game. And the Eagles <laughs> have also clinched. But there's one team in the hunt that could take it away from the Niners, which are the New Orleans Saints. And over to the AFC, 
The division leaders are as follows. The Titans are the one seed. Chiefs are the second seed. Bengals are the third seed. Bills are the fourth seed with the wild cards being my Patriots in the fifth seed. The Colts and the Chargers in the sixth and seventh seed, both of which have not clinched yet. With three player, three teams in the hunt, the Raiders, the Steelers, and the Ravens. I haven't seen a playoff picture that wide open in a conference in a long time. The fact there's still three teams in the hunt with an additional playoff spot is kind of weird to me. Mm-hmm. That's never, I've never really seen that before. So I'm really intrigued to see how the, the tiebreakers go for the AFC. But regardless, I have a weird feeling about this playoff, Chris. Okay. And the reason I say that is because usually every year you have a true contender. Mm-hmm. You have a team that you think going into the playoffs Regardless of they win or lose, you think, wow, I thought that team was going to win it all. This mm-hmm. is the favorite. This is the Super Bowl favorite. I don't think anyone's taking them down. I look around the league right now. Is there anyone you really want to stand on the table and bang on the table and say, hey, this is the team that's going to win the Super Bowl? I don't see any. Do you? No, I don't. Honestly. And it's, 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 really, been, it's really been up in the air. And I feel like it's largely because of the times that we're in right now. COVID has been has derailed a lot of teams um from producing the way that they felt like they could have produced or even was showing us before um COVID had hit had hit had went rampant throughout the NFL. Um it's 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 a it's a hard it's a hard sight to see when it comes down to this season and and honestly last season it was a hard one to see as well. Uh, where you know the playoffs was just so uncertain but I feel like it's a great thing because it allows people who I mean allows teams who are able to you know make that uh, turn that you know essentially turn the page in their organization's career to you know make it to the Super Bowl to win the, to actually have a chance to win the Super Bowl you know when they say you know all we need, all we need is that one little inch when the game is about all, when the game is all about inches and you give that team that one little extra push, i.e. like the tech, like the, uh, I mean, like the Titans who gets back somebody who is demonstrative as King Henry when he steps on the field. Um, it's going to be, it's definitely going to be interesting to see all of this play out um, you know, of course, I'm definitely rooting for the 49ers to make the playoffs. And, you know, if we make the playoffs, honestly, I think it's up for teams, to be honest with you. Oh, stop it. <laughs> our, our defense, our defense is is starting to come along. Um, I wish it had started a little bit earlier, but, you know, like I said, it's about the game of inches. And you give us an inch, we'll take a mile. No, that's true. Uh, I don't have to worry about that, though, because the Patriots already clinched, but that's kind of funny. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know. Yeah, well, you know, come on, give us, a, give us some credit. We put 50 points up last week. Granted, it was the Jaguars, so I guess I won't flex yeah, it too much. Well, you know, exactly. It was I won't flex Jack. it too much. It was, <laughs> it was Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars. I really can't brag about that. But I will say it's the third time this season we've scored 50 points. And a lot of times people have been ragging on the offense, saying Mac Jones is a glorified handoffer, which makes sense. Granted, we were on the ball a lot. 50 points is still 50 points. It's the NFL. It's hard to put 50 points up on the board. We did it three times this year. So I want some credit on this offensive uh, – Offensive unit for the Patriots. That's all I'm saying. Um, when it comes to actual seeding, and we look at the matchups that can actually end up uh, transpiring for um, 
for this playoff season, right? We'll start in the AFC, right? So the Titans obviously have the bye. Yes. If all were to work out the way it's supposed to right now. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs would host the Los Angeles Chargers. The Bengals would host the Indianapolis Colts. And the Buffalo Bills would host the New England Patriots. The third time to be playing this season. Um, they split the series, obviously. They went one, uh, the Patriots won in a glorified windstorm in Buffalo where Mac Jones attempted only three passes or Mm -hmm. completed only three passes. And then obviously they got thumped when I went to the game on Monday or on Sunday, a couple weeks ago, which was a tough loss um, granted, but so that's how it is. So it works out. It's the chiefs hosting the chargers, the, uh, or sorry, the chiefs holding the chargers, the Bengals hosting the Colts and the bills hosting the Patriots. And in the NFC, we have the Packers on the bye. That means the Rams are hosting the Philadelphia Eagles. The Buccaneers would host the San Francisco 49ers. How poetic would it be if Tom Brady knocked your team out, Chris, but let me finish up. And the Dallas Cowboys hosting the Arizona Cardinals, who by the way, fell off a goddamn cliff and who said that was going to happen. I don't know. I don't oh, know yeah, you do. Bad. Shut up. Give me some credit. I said <laughs> week three. I said by week nine, the Cardinals would start faltering, and look what happened. They did. They should. They, they were literally the favorite to win the Super Bowl the first eight weeks of the season, and now they're the wild card team in the NFC, Yeah, having to go play the Cowboys at home. Injuries. I'm just saying. Injuries. Oh, just give me some credit, Chris. I don't care why. You it said it was going to be because of Kyler Murray, and it, Kyler Murray – has still been producing, even though it hasn't been at the level of the first eight games that he's done played when they were undefeated, his his play has definitely declined. But you said it was all because of his his play. And I it's said it would be a big factor, yeah. Because of injuries. I said that. And I said that. I said as soon as injuries start playing a factor, they're going to go downhill. Okay, are we both right then? We're both right, for all sure. Right, all right, look at a pat on the back now for each other, then. I'll take it. Well, hey, I'll, ta- I'll take right every day of the week. I don't care if it's right with you or right with me. I don't care. We both got it right. That's all I care about. Yeah. Um, but looking at these matchups right now, there are a lot of interesting games. Obviously, I don't know if this is bias coming in here, but I am very, very intrigued to see this Buffalo Bills and New England Patriots matchup if it works out the way it's supposed to. If both teams win, that's how it's supposed to end up. And Buffalo host New England. Remember, New England beat them in Buffalo earlier this year. That's going to be the most. That's be the most evenly matched matchup throughout the entire playoff, right? Because the Chiefs are going to beat the Chargers. The Chargers are just too young. I don't think they're going to have in the tank to beat Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs, right? The Ooh. Bengals are. You don't think so? You really think there's a legitimate, like over forty percent chance that the Chargers beat the Chiefs? Over 40%? Yeah, is there that would make it a game. Do you think there's over a 40% chance the Chargers can beat the Chiefs? Yeah. I okay, well, I, I would disagree right now. I, I don't think that the, the Chargers have the defense to stop Patrick Mahomes for four quarters, and I don't think it's going to be realistic to see them beat them in the playoffs with Justin Herbert being as young as he is. Um, well, didn't, but didn't, didn't, well, didn't Kansas City only win by a touchdown? No, they did. I'm just saying in general. And it, playoffs is a whole different dynamic, and I think you know that as well. That's true. It's a whole different ball game, and the Chargers are playing in Kansas City. Obviously, mm-hmm. playing in that stadium is a whole different dynamic. It's one of the top three most difficult places to play in the National Football League, along with Seattle. Um, so th- keep that in mind as well. Um, you know, the Bengals hosting the Colts. I don't think anyone's really excited about that matchup at all. Um, I think the Colts are very one-dimensional. I think Carson Wentz has been uh, a, ha- has been horrific. I think he's been a glorified Baker Mayfield this season. 
Um, I think Jonathan Taylor, granted, has been phenomenal. Jonathan Taylor has been a phenomenal back this entire time. Um, but yeah, you can't be one-dimensional in the playoffs. You can't do it. And the Bengals are hosting there at home. They have a 4,000-yard passer, a 1,000-yard rusher, a 2,000-yard uh, or 2,000-yard receivers on the age of 25. Like, they're mm-hmm. going to beat this Colts team. So I think the, really the only throw-up game that I actually want to watch and sit down and, and, and analyze is this Buffalo Bills-New England Patriots uh, matchup. I don't know about you, but that's, that's my view on it. Yeah, I mean, I hear you. I, 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 feel like, I feel like the Colts should have a better shot at it than what you're giving them. Okay. Um, just for the simple fact that the defense is, is still a top-tier defense. Uh, the run game, uh, the run game for them is pretty much, if you want to, if you, it, for me, this is how I'm looking at it. The Colts are essentially the same team as the Titans. They have a subpar, they have a subpar quarterback, a great run game, a great offensive line and a, and a good defense now, minus minus the good defense for this, uh, for the Titans. I feel like the Colts have a better defense than the Titans. I feel like they should have a better a better chance at winning their game uh, than you would say uh, than you would say for the uh, the Bengals. Uh, the Bengals have turned the ball over um, numerous of times in the past couple. I mean, the past five five games, and that is the one thing that can get you beat in crunch time games is turnovers, especially when it's in the playoffs. So if they can eliminate the turnover, if they can eliminate the turnovers, then yeah, I can see, I can see, I can see the Bengals winning, but if not, I can definitely see that. I can definitely see the Colts taking that over. Okay. Fair enough. Well, let's go to the NFC then. So the Packers have that buy, obviously that helps them out a lot. And they're hosting almost every single, actually they are hosting every game in that playoff. The road goes yep. through Lambeau in the NFC. Out of all these games, right, the Eagles travel to the Rams. I think anything is possible with that because the, the Eagles have played either horrifically or unbelievably, and the Rams have done the same exact thing. So that's a very interesting game for me. I think the Eagles have a better shot than people give them credit for um, in this game because I think it just how the, the amount of variables going into both of these teams' success are always crazy complicated. There's mm-hmm. not any consistency with any of those teams. So that's a complete toss-up game. I would love to watch that game and sit down and watch that game. Mm-hmm. Another interesting game, is it going to include the 49ers, Chris? I mean, them the 49ers traveling to Tampa to take on the Bucks is a phenomenal football game. And I'm giving the, uh, the 49ers a lot of credit here because they can show up with, against any team and beat any team regardless of location. I really do believe that. They have the kind of team that travels really, really well. Mm-hmm. And... I think it'll be a really interesting dynamic as well, having Garoppolo face off against Tom Brady, obviously the, the master and the protege, uh, yeah. having a time in New England. And, and this would be really the first time they meet where there's actual implications mm-hmm. on, uh, on their respective teams, right? Regular season, yeah, I guess there's some storyline in there and everything, but the playoffs really mean even more. And right. last year, let's remember, the Bucks almost lost to Washington in that wild card game, right? And now they're in their own wild card game against the 49ers in the opposite view. They're the ones holding the division title. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen? I mean, I'm intrigued by this game tremendously. I really want to see what ends up happening. But um, if I had to pick off the bat, it's the Bucks. But okay. I'm really not discrediting the 49ers. I'm giving them a lot of respect. And I think they're, they're going to be in for a tough game. So they just lost their best wide receiver. Uh, <laughs> their best wide receiver. He just walked off the field. Mike, Mike, uh, 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 
now I'm drawing a blank on this guy's name. Mike Evans. Uh, Mike Evans. He's banged up. Chris Godwin's gone. You have a bunch of role players uh, who are hopping in the game. Now they can't, they can go off because there's not a lot of film on them and people are just going to take them for face value. Uh, Brashad Pyramid, you know, that's my dog. Uh, he's, he's going to be out there. He's a fast burner. Reminds you if, if, if I need to remind anybody that Brashad Pyramid was a first round draft pick um, with amazing speed. Uh, he's going to be out there along with uh, Cyrus, who just caught the game winner for him. But after that, you don't have anybody else. Your running back is, your running back is gone. Your right tackle is, is banged up. Uh, your line is just looking iffy. Defense is going to try to play the best that they can, the, the best that they can, uh, that they can. But ultimately, it's going to be hard. When you can't put on as when you can't put on those points that you that you were able to put on throughout the rest of, throughout the regular season of the year, now you have now you have entering in, you have entering in the 49ers. I feel like this is going to be a great game because there's going to be a lot of people out there um, speaking down against the 49ers. But if you got to think about it. All of our, our team is essentially healthy right now. Plus, with a couple of added uh, a couple add-ins off the IR um, this week, I feel like we have a great opportunity to go in and play the Smash Mouth football that we are accustomed to play for the past couple of years of ground and pound run game and allow uh, allow to, uh, and allow the team. With their swagger and their fortitude, I mean, I mean, and their and their and their fight and fortitude to go out there and dominate the game. That's just my personal opinion. I could go even deeper and be a little bit more pettier, but I'm gonna leave it on the surface level right here. Oh yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, like I said earlier, I prefaced this entire thing. There is not a singular favorite in the entire field. Any right. of these teams could win. Literally any of them could win. And you don't really get that very often in the National Football League. There's been, what, 101 seasons? Mm-hmm. I, I'd say 95% of them had, had a favorite going into the playoffs where you, you kind of knew this was the team to beat. Right. There's not a team to beat with this field right now. This is anyone's game. And, and this, this, this entire playoff field personifies the, the, the classic phrase, any given Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that it does that. It teaches these kids grit, teaches them determination, it teaches them how to win, even though they're not um, expecting anything of. It, it's, it's a phenomenal uh, foundation and underlying factor in this playoff field, and I cannot wait to see how it plays out. Because I think wow. you're going to see a lot of underdog victories in this playoff field. I really do. Just because of the fact, like I said, there's no one with the alpha mentality right now. Even the Bucks with Tom Brady, there's not an alpha mentality with that team right now. They, they seem oh. very beatable to me. I think almost every single team in this field seems beatable. Besides so I'm very excited about this, to say the least. Besides the Niners, and I'm with you. Oh, stop it. You, you have to work every time you have a show, you work something in it. Just like it's under my skin just a little bit. Um, I told you, I could get a little bit more pettier, but I'm going to leave it on the surface level. No, I know. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I know. All right. Um, we're not going to do game picks because everyone's resting everyone and there's just really no point in guessing who's going to win because it's not going to factor into anything anyway. All the playoff teams are pretty much set outside of like two or three. Mm-hmm. Um, the field's done. 
we're pretty much you just preview the playoffs. That's all we have to do. And and obviously the fantasy playoffs are done as well. Um, I did not take home any crowns. Um, unfortunately, it was wasn't my year. Uh, we talked about this last time too. It wasn't my year, but I'm I'm hungry for next year. I really am. I um, I, I am as well. Yeah, we're both hungry. We're on the men. We have, actually we should do a league next year. How do we not do a league this year? Let's do it. Yeah, we, we can start a league, league next year, and we should invite fans on there. We should invite fans on there. That would be awesome. That'd be a kind of a cool, uh, cool dynamic to have. That'd be great. All right, um, that wraps it up then, right, Chris? Yeah, no, I think it's good. I think I think we're good. I think we touched on a lot of things. Um, it felt it felt good to get a lot of things off of uh, you know off of our chest um, to speak the truth and uh, allow you know allow the public to uh, to uh, you know think differently allow uh, allow them to think differently you know we all don't have to have the same mindset or this you know the same thoughts um it's okay for us to think differently even when there's turmoil in the world uh this is a great time i feel like we should we can all learn from this for sure and also guys to update you i will be teasing something on our social media this week um called the album collection which is something i've been working on for a while now graphic design wise and will be available whenever our shop drops and i know i've been saying that for months but i have more i have a hundred designs in the tank right now waiting for you guys to enjoy them and buy them so hopefully we can get that uh get that going soon but they look fire they look great so all right the rest of stafford and matthews for this week sorry again for the two-week delay um we both have been struggling with COVID, obviously and um there's been issues with that but um also i want to shout out kevin because intern kev is officially leaving stafford and matthews he got a big boy job so i want to clap it up one time for kev um that is um that is awesome really proud of you and we're really really happy for your future success and we know you're going to be successful because of all of the stuff that you've done for us um so many blessings Kev. we appreciate you and uh, i'm sure we'll see you soon he'll still be involved in some things um but obviously this takes precedence now um for our combine and draft trip he'll, i'm sure he'll come along but um uh, for right right now thank you kev we appreciate you and uh we'll see you soon hopefully absolutely and kev don't and Kev, don't think because you didn't got a new job that you're gonna be able to run away from these golfing matches. I'm still gonna be watching out for you. Amen. Amen. Kev took on the crown last time, I'm pretty sure. Some of the rematch this summer. <laughs> oh uh, first off, Joe, we're not worried about you. You cheated. Chris, shut up. Okay. You you shot 121. Okay. I'm not worried about you either. <laughs> I'm not worried about you either. Oh god. All right. That wraps up Stafford and Matthews. We'll talk to you guys next week. All right now.